<laughs> I don't get it. Abby Ark Chives. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna leave this in the episode. Oh my god. What has been sent to us by Philo T. Hazard, oh my, my girlfriend, god. is... An image. Fee made a bespoke meme, and it says enjoy at the top, and then there's an image of an Abby. I don't know specifically which one. Is that Westminster uh, or something? It looks British. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, uh, the, the mathematical notation for an arc. And then some chives. Abby arc chives. My brain went, onions? Why are, why are we getting green onions? <laughs> <laughs> well we did want to get some of the sillies out there we go thank you fee the fee Welcome to Abbey Archives, a Redwall reread featuring one pagan and one Christian going over the series to see what aged like a fine strawberry wine and what aged like milk. I'm Izzy, I use Cecir pronouns. I'm Kit, I use she, her pronouns. You can find us and content for the podcast, including art and links to other Redwall related things at Abbey Archives on Tumblr. I have abandoned the Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> and I never uh, used the Reddit, Reddit account. To begin with, we, didn't, so. we didn't have a specific Reddit for Abbey Archives. I just had an account for it. So like it exists, but I don't use it because I don't like posting in multiple places. It's annoying. I mean, I kind of get you there because like there's certain things I know like someone was badgering me to like oh i want a character from your toy house i'm like could, a, could an art fight profile do I don't yeah want to right everything over to toy house <laughs> oh it, yeah yeah i know uh yeah. the only reason i was able to is because it's like yeah i already did that i did that years ago it's not completely up to date but it's up to date enough yeah so uh before we actually get started <laughs> And I I want to to specifically like thank this person for doing this because I didn't know about this and also the amount of moxie they showed joining our Discord just to tell us we were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, that was the most entertaining thing that has happened in a while. <laughs> was somebody joining the Discord? Like, I just, literally, I joined the Discord just to tell you guys you were wrong. And it's like, you know what? I respect that. Is <laughs> just over here like, I respect that. And I'm over here, like, throttling down my thems fighting words impulse. Like, no, no, pizza back with the stick. No, we are going to be responsible and listen to people's criticisms. Yeah, so this is, uh, we got uh, somebody who joined the Discord to tell us very specifically that something that we keep saying, which is that uh, people's brains are not fully developed until they're about 25, is actually pseudoscience. Um, it is a, a pop culture myth. There is there is an article that I will be putting in the podcast description for people to read um, about it. It's, it's very good, and it is something that Kit and I are going to, going forward be doing our level best not to parrot anymore and focusing more on how like experience and things like that is how people uh, uh, are, are like more engaged with the world. Basically, and know if, things. if we've ever sounded condescending when we are talking about younger characters or like cast members, I'd like to apologize because for me, I never meant to be condescending. It's just like now that I am an actual adult TM like, seeing these characters who are, like, ostensibly 10, 12, 13 years old going through these circumstances, I'm just like, that is a child. That's a child. That's a child. Although now oh, that I'm also, also experiencing a two-year-old and a five-year-old, I can also have more say on the Dibbins and their behavior, <laughs> And yes, I, I mean, I think they're pretty accurate. Yeah, um, they are. But yeah, so... What we what we have parroted multiple times over the course of this podcast is pseudoscience, and we wanted to make sure that we said on the podcast specifically, hey, we were wrong. Um, don't repeat this. Uh, do research and stuff like that. Never. This is something also I want to say, um, We to date this episode, we all watched the H-Bomb James Somerton uh, plagiarism video. We are not a content farm, but you, as our listeners, should not take our word for some things. If you think we are wrong, or if you're like, I'm not entirely sure, or you're like, I've never heard that thing that they just said before, please do your own research. We highly encourage it. We are constantly doing research when we're doing this podcast, because you, you've heard us go off on tangents about weapons. Do your own research as well. And when when, when was when was soda invented? You know, it's probably one of yeah. my favorites we've ever done. We yeah, we are like, here to have a conversation with you guys. Like, yes, we are talking at you, and you have that parasocial moment of like we are talking at you. You can't talk back to us when we are actually talking on the podcast. But that's why we have the Discord and the Tumblr, and why we definitely want to hear from you. Yeah. Tell us when we're wrong, but also, like, you don't have to tell us when we're wrong. Like, we're not saying you're responsible for that. We should also be doing our own research. But at the same time, do not believe everything you're hearing from people. Make sure you're checking the sources uh, and things like that. Like, we don't tend to actively post the sources that we're looking at when we do our own research because that's not what this podcast is. Right. Uh, but if we were doing, like, if Kit and I were doing a much more historical podcast, like, if we were looking at uh, the Redwall series from a much more historical lens, uh, that would be something we would probably do. We're not doing that. We're tired. And not just that, but I feel like I am not the person to do that because I do not have, like, I enjoy listening to history podcasts, but, like, an armchair history podcast listener doth not a history expert make. We, we are armchair historians. We are not actual historians. This would not be a project for us to take on. But yeah. yeah. So like, 
make sure if you if you hear us say things as fact and you're not sure about it or you want to know more about it, do that research. Do that quick Google search or that DuckDuckGo search or whatever. Uh, don't use Bing. <laughs> um, but yeah, just... And this is this is true for anything. Like, any content, any article. Like, if you read an article and you're like, I'm not sure if this article is correct, look up what they're talking about and see if there's other articles and things like that. Like, it's the same thing, like... The, the things that you were that you learned in school when you're doing like essays and research you have to make sure you're finding multiple sources for the same piece of information to make sure that like you the information is correct uh although i will say that does not always guarantee it's correct because there's information that's been parroted for mm-hmm. literally hundreds of years that nobody knows what the source is uh mm-hmm. like how uh virginia creeper came to the united states we don't actually know Mm-mm. <laughs> well, it, it, there, there is there is one piece of information that gets parroted from a pamphlet that was published in like Virginia or something like a hundred years ago that has no source, and so like meh. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> and there's information like that that exists, and you just that kind of information you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt and be like, this is what it says. It could be, it could not be true. It, it's a Lindsay Nicole voice that we know of. <laughs> I have been watching a lot more science YouTube, and Lindsay Nicole is phenomenal if you want some good paleontology bullshit. Hey, uh, that's she's okay. fantastic. I mean, like, if you ever, like, if we're talking about, like, debunking, you know, I think I'm pretty sure I've talked about him on this podcast before, but he's doing, like, an actual series right now. But I love him to death because he does not put up with anyone's bullshit. Uh, let me scroll down my subscriber list to find his name. Hello, I was about to say, who go? the fuck are you talking uh, about? Uh, 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 min- Mini Minute Man. Yeah, Mini Minute yes. Man, where he he did over the summer, like he's putting out his new series, Dark Roots, uh, Dark yeah. uh, Dark Roots, he's... which is about uh, going yeah. around America and finding like the hidden stories of of like the America's dark past. Because he went to um, a lot of places like overseas in the Middle East and stuff, uh, and in like what was Mesopotamia, uh, like in Turkey and things, uh, and. And he's been to Peru. He's been to South America, like other parts of South America and Latin America, uh, and has talked about like the dark past and history there. And he's like, but now I'm going to talk about where I live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his source list and all the stuff that he talks about, he does his work. Um, I am so glad that the he is one of the few good things I got out of TikTok. Yeah, right. And I'm glad that he's moved <laughs> over to YouTube because you know I won't touch I won't touch TikTok with it. Yeah, and I stopped touching TikTok with a yeah. with a ten foot pole. Yeah. Uh, All right, and, and now <laughs> that we've had our Christmas, yeah. now that we've had our mandatory huge tangent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, also, I'm thirty now. I'm an adult. <laughs> I was an adult before, but I'm an adultier adult, and it's terrifying. Welcome to the club. Yay! You're like a year older than me. Two years. Two ish. Two. Two years. I will be. 33 okay so technically almost three years older because i will be 33 in january oh uh, okay okay yeah. okay I, keep, I always forget your birthdays in january yeah it's okay i'm bad at remembering birthdays in general and that's called i've got memory disorder disease i didn't remember your birthday either don't feel bad <laughs> yeah it's fine it's like uh, some anyway, are easy to so remember yeah. so and some are not so mine's really yeah. easy izzy it's just one two three. Oh, right uh but yes uh thank you tebby uh aka binary cat uh in our discord for 
uh, letting us know that what we were parroting was pseudoscience. Uh, today, we are reading the first half of the second book in The Bellmaker, which is called The Pearl Queen. We're reading chapters 13 through 17. Um, uh, uh, content warnings, uh, book typical violence, slavery, violence against children and child endangerment, hostages, death, ableism, insanity stereotypes, threats of starvation and dehydration. We need to add something. Um, bird. <laughs> bird, Yeah. Although I feel like and like the bird this time was just more of like a not quite the tribal stereotypes. That's for the next reading. Yay! Yeah, and I just want to bring up birds specifically because it's a very specific type of bird, oh, okay. and we are going to talk about dismemberment probably when we start talking about this bird. That's true. They're very um, fun little birds. I like them very. They're much. very fun little birds, but they are vicious. And for people who heard bird and dismemberment, you already know what we're talking about. Shush. Uh, let everybody else find out when we get there. Yeah, no spoilers. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> All right. Uh, so back from our long hiatus, uh, because this year, the end of this year has kicked both of our butts. Uh, we start, <laughs> we're doing our best. Uh, we start chapter 13 with Sister Sage and Simeon. She is baking and Simeon is helping cool off the vegetable uh, uh, pasties. Uh, ha, you almost said it too. Yeah, shut up. Yeah. Uh, she calls him to take a break, and the pair list all that they've made today. Uh, on the break, they are drinking um, oatmeal and, and what is it, penny something? Yeah, oatmeal and penny cloud. I think they're eating the oatmeal. Oh, no, no, it says it oatmeal says water. She, she poured t- out two beakers of the cold oatmeal and penny cloud water. Oh, no, it's one thing. It's all together. It's cold oatmeal and penny cloud. So, like, they're they're brewed together. It must be like and it's 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 gotta be just the water, like oatmeal yeah. water. Ben, Ben, I explain. guess that would be Ben. Help! <laughs> Is this a British I mean, thing? Maybe. Um, we did not do research on this one. This was uh, we haven't done a whole lot of research into anything that comes up in this particular set of chapters because mm. this <laughs> has been a bit of a trial and error for Kit and I. I got COVID finally, yeah, and gave it to both of my partners. Um. Kit and I both had a lot of stuff going on vacations wise and like holidays wise, holiday time. Mostly, mostly work for me too. And work. Oh my God. I work, work I work at exhausting. a school. I'm a custodian at a school. We are now. And it's the end of this, the year. So, you yeah, know. We are now one week or rather three days away from Christmas vacation. If you don't think things are pure chaos right now, <laughs> I spent a week fighting the boys over the toilets because they decided to destroy one of the toilets. We finally got it replaced, and then they decided to steal the lock off the door. Oh my god, what the... F- Why are our teenage boys so weird? Anyway. Hormones. Uh, oatmeal, uh, that this water, Ben, please tell us if this is a thing. If it's not, then this is just the mice being mice, I think. But oatmeal, this is kind of how you make oat milk, so... Uh. You know what? Maybe that is what it is meant to be. It's probably meant but to be an oat milk. Maybe, but it, it's it's not, like, it's thin, right? Because it doesn't... Because oat milk kind of compresses it out of the oats, which I, is why it gets so thick. I will confess everything about this is making my, my textural and taste dislikes going, no, no, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think that there's not oatmeal in it. I think it's just the oat. I think it's just water. I think it's a type of water that they flavored with oat. I think you're right. And I hope that's what it is. <laughs> uh, so uh, as they're talking about everything that they've made today, which is a, a list of some very delicious sounding foods, because it's for tea time. Um, 
Simeon manages to scare off some of the Dibbins who were attempting to sneak a cooling uh, pastry off of the windowsill. Uh, and then he hears bigger trouble coming, and sure enough, the bottomless pit of an official sampler uh, struts in. If you guessed it was Tarkin, you would be correct. Uh, Simeon manages to deflect Tarkin, though, with a, f- uh, uh, a big onion and something flan that he'd prepared in anticipation of the hair. Like, it's literally this massive thing that he made specifically for Tarkin so that he wouldn't just eat everything that was there for tea. It is a carrot and onion flan. And hold on, I need to Google something real quick. Are you checking? Is it a flan? I thought it was a tart. Uh, no, it's a flan. Um... Okay, so t- oh, here's a here's a very funny dark thought. Uh, Simeon is straight up just trying to poison Tarquin here. <laughs> rabbits oh, or on- uh, rabbits can't, can't have- eat onions. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to give Brian some leeway yes. on this one. They this- eat all of these animals, eat a lot of things they shouldn't. They definitely do. But like this is, I had a thought of like, wait, humans, we're, we're like one of the few mammals who can actually eat onions and garlic and stuff like that and not get sick. So yeah. I was just having a moment uh, of like, wait, this is like, darkly funny if you look at it from that perspective these guys also eat like almonds which uh i've owned rats as pets and rodents cannot actually have almonds in almonds large like large they can have them but they cannot have them in large they can only have like little bits at a time okay because of arsenic right well i mean technically humans aren't supposed to eat that much of them because of the same reason but we have more we can eat like a whole fucking handful of them and be fine yeah and, and these guys are eating, like, whole fucking handfuls of almonds and shit like that, and they're fine. Because the food is not something that Brian is focusing on, like, this is bad for you, unless if it's, like, the, the kind of generalized, hey, don't eat that mushroom. Yeah, it's it's, it's know, more of, like, the, he just wants something that the kids can relate to eat, relate yes. to eating. It's typical fantasy fare yeah. in that way, uh, where it's, it's very much, like, should a, a rabbit be eating an onion? No, should a rabbit be eating carrots? Also, no. Uh, he's doing it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> should they be eating eggs? They don't they don't ever expressly eat eggs though. How the fuck did they make any of this without eggs is my question though. <sighs> Although I guess okay, you can bean water. if you use Well, no, there's bean water, but you can also make egg substitutes with um fuck, is it flax or fennel? You can use flax, I believe, but also I think yes, chia flax. isn't, aren't chia seeds also an alternative? Because yeah, because I... when you soak them in water, they get like weirdly gelatinous. Mm-hmm. It's gross. It just... uh, Chevy, we have flax seeds in the house because Chevy made uh, egg-free brownies for a co-worker once. <laughs> That's the only reason we have them in the house. No, they were good. I know, I know. But again, it's the texture thing is making my skin crawl. Because, like, I'm afraid, like, if I ever tried to use chia seeds, all I would be able to see is frog eggs. Yeah, they look real bad. They look bad. They look so bad. Uh-huh. It looks so bad. But once you separate them out, it does just kind of look like egg whites. So. <laughs> I will take your word for it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um... While Tarkin is distracted, Sister Sage calls upon some Dibbins to uh, help her carry out the tea time mini feast. Tis a mini feast, a feast of miniature proportions. You have a note here. I do. Because, like, I like how Sage is 100% already done with Tarkin. She's just like, no, 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 no. And, like, it's fun. Like, now that I have gone past, like, I'm, I'm already annoyed by him. I enjoy seeing how everyone at Red Wall handles him. 
Because, like, he's just jovial enough to stay in people's good graces, but he's enough of a menace to get subtly herded around. Like, he reminds me of that uncle at a potluck who eats way more than he brought. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, he's like, I should be annoyed by you, but I know you really don't mean any ill will by this, so I'm going to give it a pass. Even though if I really dearly want to throttle you. Yeah. I mean, I'm also that person who eats way more than I bring. Yeah, but you help. <laughs> you actually I like, do. Yeah. I, I do help. That was uh when I went to Friendsgiving uh over the Thanksgiving weekend, uh uh that was a thing I was helping clean up, I was helping get things set, and even though like uh I, I was like a last minute kind of addition to everything. <laughs> <laughs> um but I was like, hey, where does this go? Where does this go? Where's this? And the, everybody was like, oh, okay. And then I ate a shit fuck ton of food. Anyway. Eight of the ten Dibbins who are supposed to be helping show up, and even with Tarkin joking around, Sage manages to scold him into proper behavior. They ask about the two who are missing, and it's reported that it's Fertile, the little uh, uh, mole maid, and a mouse babe who has no name. Uh, he asks if they know where they might be, and one of his own sons says no. If they did, they would have told him. Very specifically, and this is just... The internet has ruined my brain, because when one of Tarkin's own sons calls him daddy, my brain was like, don't do that. This is a you problem. It is a me problem, because it's completely innocent. It's a me problem. I just had to... I don't know. <sighs> it is a me problem. As I also used to call my my own my own dad daddy because like I was like a five year old. Mm-hmm. That's just what you do. Yeah. But my brain is ruined. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, he turns to Simeon, who says that they're to check the gates. If they're locked, they're still in the halls. If not, it's a major search of the woods after tea. Uh, tea is quite intense as the grounds are searched. Mellis is, of course, worried, confiding to the abbot that she was sure it was that blasted wicker gate. And I like that. Because it was unlocked. Right. And I like that we finally have a character who's just like, yeah, that wicker gate is like actually a really bad idea. It's like, nah, you think? You think? Because Mellis even like says specifically, it's like we, that, 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 that lock should be placed higher so that little Dibbon paws can't touch it. Oh, that, that dang gate. And <laughs> this is the gate that Kit and I have complained about multiple times. Mm-hmm. It is the, the gate that just everything happens through. It's how people get in. It's how people get out. It's just, it's how, it's how, uh, uh, the, the, the vermin get in. It is how rescuers get in. It's, ah, oh, it's the worst. Mm-hmm. Uh, he comforts her, pointing out how they disappeared, uh, how a bunch of Dibbons had disappeared just last week, only to be found under his own bed, napping. Uh, but the pair are not found as the afternoon passes by. The pair are, of course, off a tributary of the River Moss. They're playing at being Martin and Mariel. Though when Fertile mentions she wants to go home, the mouse babe confesses in a, in a roundabout way that they're lost like she even calls him out it's like we're lost aren't we and he's just like no i just don't know how to get home yeah it's like we're not lost (laughs) i just don't know where i am yeah but they're sure they'll be found as they always are because it's true when dibbons go missing they're typically always found Mm -hmm. by people of the abbey they have that safety of knowing they are Mm -hmm. well loved and looked after 
Because there's nothing dangerous in moss flower wood to them. At to the them, moment. yeah. Well, I mean, especially since they, you know, no adders around. Yeah, the snakes got killed. Uh, mini tangent. Just a bit of a mini tangent. It no, no, this is this is related. Okay. It it really says something how when uh, Brian kills off these quote unquote major predators and it it's very reflective of what England has actually done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is killed off all the major predators. Yeah. There are no predators. There's no native crops or agriculture to 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 the UK. Like it's it's everything they have they stole. Did you know potatoes are from Peru? Yes, I knew that. <laughs> not not you, the listeners. Potatoes are from Peru. They're not actually from Ireland or England. We're gonna have to name. Um, they gonna... were just brought there. I think we've got the episode title now. <laughs> Did you know the potatoes are from Peru? <laughs> Just an interesting th- fact I thought you'd enjoy. <laughs> Did you know that the world-renowned author Stephen King was once hit by a car? Just something to think about. Uh, uh, the way you said that made that uh, that the inside joke SCP pop into my oh, head. Oh no, I said it. I set it up intentionally for you. I love you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> also, everyone, go listen to Izzy's other podcast. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, Slip and Blaggett are lost on the river moss as well. Uh, Slip blames Blaggett, heaping abuse on him as he forces the poor loyal rat to get into the water and pull their becalmed shrew boat along. So, like, they're going up. Like the tributary, basically, they're on this very calm tributary of the River Moss. Uh, uh, Slip is complaining. Blaggett is just there because he's quote unquote stupid. Um, but uh, Slip makes Blaggett get into the cold water to pull the head rope to tow the shrew boat. Uh, and and Blaggett is just like, but what if a pike eats me? Or what if the mud sucks me in? And Slip is like. You're too stupid and gross and poisonous to for any of that to happen. And on one hand, it's like, okay, rude. And on the other hand, it's like, this sure is one way to get somebody to do what you want, huh? Mm-hmm. This is sure is one way to, quote unquote, comfort somebody. Mm-hmm. It, which is not what he's doing, but it, it's, it's... Like their entire... I guess... Their entire dynamic makes you think of, like, have you ever read, um, you know... Of mice, uh, not not of mice and men. Uh, which, yeah, of yeah, mice, of and, mice men. and men. Like their whole dynamic yeah, I've read reminds of mice me of like, and men. I had to read that for fucking school. Yeah, it makes me think of like a very toxic version of the relationship between those two main characters. Kid, you, I need you to say that sentence again. <laughs> very <laughs> and think about what you said. Well, I mean, if I remember correctly, from of mice and men, he he tries to take care of his buddy. Like he's just like, hey, I'm trying. Yeah, he's yeah, he trying does. with his best. It's not a good relationship. No, but yeah, no, you're right. I was making yeah. a joke. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, when I say relationship, I mean not romantic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Smacks you with a broom. Smack you, smack you, smack you. I wasn't thinking that! Okay. Anyway. But basically, like, this would be of mice and men if they were just like, yeah, I'm gonna use this guy instead of I'm trying to keep him alive and keep us both in good condition. You know? Instead of, uh, shooting him. <laughs> well, yeah. At the end there, I mean... 
better yeah spoilers for of mice and men i guess yeah so, so like if you're a high schooler who hasn't had to read that in class yet brace yourself it, it ain't you should read it it's a good book it's not a happy book but it is a very good book it's not a happy book yeah it is a good book all right Tarkin is leading the search party and ignores the advice of a young mouse uh, who who urges them to keep pressing on further towards the river moss uh, and turns the search party around. He basically, like, he, he reckons that no Dibbons could get this far by themselves, despite the fact that a mouse who is just barely out of being a Dibbon is the one who said, hey, they probably made it much further than this. Yeah. He's like, when, when I was little, I could have made it this far and probably farther. And he's like, nope, no, I know better than you. I'm smarter than you and older than you. So we're going to turn around. It's like mm-hmm. the minute Rosie's gone, Tarquin becomes insufferable again. Yeah. I, I, I think that he's just always like this. It's just when Rosie's around, he becomes much more of a wife guy. Well, she can handle him is what it is. Mm-hmm. She knows how to get him to actually be, you know... A decent smart. person, yes, yeah, smart. I just, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't like Tarquin. Not, not, not yeah. Tarquin when he's like this anyway. Yeah, but this is a this is a good like you said in your little thing. This is a good plot point. It is uh, like it. This is actively like his inability to admit that he could be wrong is causing problems. Mm-hmm. So, and it's, it's causing problems for the Dibbons they're trying to help. And so he leads the search party in a completely opposite direction. They start going towards St. Ninians. Mm-hmm. Did, did you guys forget about St. Ninians? <laughs> it still exists. It's still here. Just it's still a weird church. Just something to that think we don't about. know anything about. God. <clears throat> uh, soon enough, uh, Slip makes Blaggett draw them to shore. He orders the simple rat to go find food, but not water. Basically, like, go find vittles. We don't need water. We're literally surrounded by fresh water. Um, and he's using a three-topped oak as a guidepost back to Slip. Um, so Blaggett shuffles off, mumbling orders that he is already twisting up and getting wrong. Meanwhile, Slip continues his nap. Uh, he's very, very mean to Blaggett. Uh, Blaggett doesn't deserve this. Uh, justice for Blaggett to mm-hmm. K23. Mm-hmm. It's just like, if Blaggett... Uh, I know Blaggett's gonna get killed. I know that's what Brian's gonna do to him, because Brian never lets Vermin live, because, you know, he, no. he likes to talk a big talk, but he does not walk the big walk when it comes to that. Um, but Blaggett deserves better. He does. Him, him just a simple creature who wants to have a nice life. He wants to find the bunnies. Yeah. <laughs> I should have brought it up. You shouldn't have, but you did. Yeah. <laughs> the searchers return, tired and defeated. Simeon suggests they put watchers on the wall just in case the littles return on their own. This is a very good strategy. Yes. Because the kids could wander back. Although the Dibbons are practicing good safety, which means they've been taught very well, which is to stay put. Mm-hmm. When they're lost. They don't move. The Dibbons are like, we'll just stay here until somebody finds us. They've been taught well. But also, they're Dibbons, which means they could absolutely have just completely forgotten that piece of information and, you know, wandered around, mm-hmm. eventually making their way back to the Abbey. So having Watchers on the Wall is a good idea. Um, here's the thing. When people go missing, those first, like, 24 hours are super fucking important. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course... Blaggett finds the Littles first. Uh, He reports to Slip, 
uh, who's happy to go capture them. Like, he comes back and Slip is like, did you find food? And Blaggett's like, no, I found babies. Yeah, he's just like, look at these little guys. They're so cute. <laughs> he's so pleased that he found some babies he's like do you want to go see them and slip is like yeah let's go see them and it's like slip you are the worst he just yeah of course now we are moving away from Mossflower. we are back with mariel and dandan as nighttime finds them in the dungeon in a fit of the doldrums uh, Mariel is making a new gullwhacker out of the rope that had tied their paws together, while Dandon loses himself in daydreams of Redwall. He's just imagining food, basically. Like, this boy keeps torturing himself. He does. I mean, listen, if you were hungry. Yeah, and it's like, it's a case of, like, you, you've spent most of your early life being well-fed. Any hunger is going to feel like torture, you know? That's, yeah. this is not me being disparaging of him. him. This is, like, you know... It, it it is it, it just is how it is yeah. when my uh so i gave myself uh abdominal muscle strain after covid because of how hard i was sneezing and because of that i felt too nauseous to eat but i was so hungry like that is torturous i cannot imagine actually starving yeah it hurt yeah <laughs> um their self-imposed silence is broken by Mariel, who wonders at Meldrum's ability to see- sleep through all of this. Like, he is he is dead asleep. This man is just laid out, flat on his back, snoring. Honk shoe, honk shoe. Honk shoe, snork me, me, me. Um, and I like it because, like, he's an, old sh- he's an old soldier. It doesn't surprise me at all that he can do this because, you know, he's been trained. Like, you have a chance to flop, you flop, you sleep, you recover. Yeah, it, it's it 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 makes sense, but it's also one of those things where it's just like very funny at the same time. But it shows that he's not all bluster. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the Brian is very good, I think, with Meldrum. Like Meldrum is still a hair, but he's a damn sight better than Tarquin. Yeah, he he. It's the little things that Brian is sprinkling in that shows that Meldrum is not all bluster and. And like, like, uh, 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 old war stories, tall tales, yeah. old war stories. Like he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. Um, so they think, uh, they being Mariel and Dandon think on Redwall just a moment more before deciding to start really inspecting the cell. They're like, maybe there's a weak point. Maybe there's some, like some stone we can move, something like that, which I will point out is a method that has worked in previous books. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, the cell is well constructed out of sound stone. The the mortar that is between the stones, it's very thin. Like, they're well fitted together. Probably to the point where it some of them probably didn't even need mortar to keep them together. If they're big and enough, And it's just yeah. there for extra security. Um, and then they decide to check the bars on their window, and they gently shuffle the sleeping Meldrum aside. It wakes the old soldier, and he grumbles at them. What do they plan to do? Break the bars and fly off? And the bars are too well set. Uh, we get to see after this Meldrum showing his experience now. I do want to point out something. This is... Th- there There was a, a, a set of words said here that had me stop and go, what the fuck? Because something in these books that we don't really get, we get... Some, we get woodworking, we get some weaponsmithing, we get a lot of food, we get all sorts of things that, like, you would expect from, like, the setting that this is. 
we don't see a lot of metalworking properly beyond weapons forging uh, in these books. So when Danden said the words molten lead, <laughs> I had to stop and go, what? Yeah, like the only real the only real forge we've seen has been with the badgers. Yes. Uh, we haven't, like, but we know that, that the Abbey has metal pots and pans. Mm-hmm. They have cast iron or something. They've got something similar, copper, whatever the fuck. They have metal. There's metal working. Weapons are metal working. There's hinges. There's locks. There's all sorts of complex metal working in these stories, and we don't see any of it. So seeing molten lead has basically cemented these bars into the stone had me go, what the fuck? It, it's it's one of those things because that Brian makes... doesn't want you to think about too hard until yeah. it's something that's important. Exactly. Uh, it, it, it was just one of those things that kind of took me out of it for a moment because it makes sense. Because being able to melt lead, lead has a low enough melting point that it's one of the first things that we've ever really figured out how to melt, you know? Um, and it, it's easy to melt. There's a lot of it. So, mm-hmm. like, it makes sense that it would be used for this. It makes sense in the, the, a kind of, it's not anachronistic to the setting. No. There we go. There was the word I was looking for. It's not anachronistic to the setting, but it was still very weird to read because of the amount of metalworking we don't ever see. So seeing the words molten lead just had me go, what? It's so casually <laughs> dropped again. We're not really, it's, it's clear that we are not supposed to think about it. No, we're not. And like as a kid, I don't think I thought about it at all. Right. But as an adult where I'm like, I am actively, that's what we do on this podcast. We're thinking about this shit too hard. <laughs> just quietly. Like I just, I always think of that scene when GLaDOS is like trying to kill Wheatley using Paradox and she's just muttering, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. Don't think about it. <laughs> I'm going to go with true. It's a paradox, you moron. There is no answer. god (laughs) but yeah it's it's just something as as somebody who is thinking too hard about these books i looked at it it took me out of it for a second like (laughs) because then we get a lot of focus on the next bit which is still metalworking Mm -hmm. we get multiple multiple instances of metalworking actually because it's it's important right now that's why yes yes but it also made me go what the fuck so we start to see meldrum start uh show off his experiences he starts talking about the the cell he's like yeah no it's gonna be well too well constructed how did we get in here and they're like the door and he's like exactly so how are we gonna get out the door yeah <laughs> which is very funny he's not wrong he's not <laughs> Uh, so he has them check the door, like they bang on it to get the guard's attention, and this nets them two important bits of information. There is one guard. Actually, it nets them more than that, but... There's one immediate the, guard, like, in their vicinity. One guard, and he has a spear, and Meldrum says he's also sleeping. <laughs> he's taking a kip. He's the only... Yeah. He keeps napping because he's the only one there and he's the day and night guard and they probably don't expect them to break out, which means he can be a little bit lax. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danden, of course, wonders how that's helpful and Meldrum shushes him saying if you don't have anything to contribute, which is fair, because uh, Danden is asking stupid questions. 
next, they inspect the lock. It's simple but solid. What they do is they lift Mariel up so that she can peek out the spy hole. And the lock is literally just a, like, bolt going into a staple in the wall. Mm-hmm. It, that's it. It is the simplest lock. But they can't open it, obviously, because they have no way to, like, hook the bolt or anything like that. So it, it, it is a solid lock. They're not getting out that way. But now Meldrum looks for the weakest part of the door. And I must ask you listeners, what is the weakest part of a door? Can It's the hinges. Can you see the weakest part? <laughs> Where? <laughs> yeah, but no, it, it is. It's hinges. Like my dad used to teach me this like when I was little. He would Mm -hmm. literally teach me, like, if you are ever in a room and you are locked into a room and you don't want to be there, look to see if the hinges are on the inside. If they're on the inside, there's a chance you can get that door undone. Yeah. Everybody should also learn how to lockpick for your own safety. Yeah. It's a really useful skill. Mm -hmm. I need to learn how to lockpick. Anyway. But yeah, the hinges are conveniently on the inside of the cell. Uh, which is stupid. Very. Uh, the cell was constructed stupid, but also at the same time, you want the door to be able to open inward mm-hmm. so that you are able to have complete control over how uh, you are entering the room because that way you can push anybody who's behind the door back with the door. It's, it's very um, much like a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. Yeah, and the people in the cell shouldn't have anything that allows them to break the hinges, because the hinges are pretty solid metal, honestly. The way that they're described is it's the hinge, and the pin has been basically flattened at both ends, Mm -hmm. so that it can't be taken out. Now, if you look at the pins on, like, the modern doors that we have, there's only one flat side. You're supposed to be able to wiggle that out so you can get the door off of its hinges if you need to replace it. But these are not meant to be replaced. This is a solid door. Um, uh, and again, this is some some examples of some pretty solid metalwork as well. Um, they are a little rusty because it's a dank, dark fucking dungeon. But, you know. Uh, they're still sturdy enough that they can't just break them. So Meldrum sacrifices one of his metals to serve as a tool for Marilyn Dandon to saw the hinges off. And this is another uh, piece of metalworking. It is a little silver star-shaped metal that's pretty sturdy. He says it's 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 mole mole made. The moles made it. It's like the order of like the silver sun or something like that. Uh, and and I'm sitting here like the moles know how to metalwork. It, it has been implied before that moles know how to work metal, and it makes sense since they're it, like they're they're the they're the they're dwarf dwarfs. XB so. Yeah, they're dwarves, basically. So, like, it makes sense, but, like, I want to see a dwarf, uh, a dwarf. I want to see, like, a mole, uh, a smithy. I want to see that. I want to see it. Brian! <laughs> <laughs> I need, We need a Silmarillion for, for, for the fucking Redwall series so bad. Ugh. I'm so tired of trying to figure this out from the little bits and pieces. (sighs) All right. So they get to work on the hinges uh, while Meldrum peeps the keyhole to watch for the guard. Uh, The guard is, of course, sleeping. 
Naturally. He keeps saying, I can hear him snoring. Uh, and so they get the bottom hinge off without incident. Uh, Danden and Mariel have to swap every so often. They've got a piece of fabric they keep wrapping around the metal so it doesn't cut into their hands because this thing is sharp. Yeah. Um, Meldrum swaps with them to take care of the top hinge because he's taller than them. Uh, and like there's it, it's a little silly because they describe his like big belly as like wobbling as he's doing it. And it's like, you know what? That's that's fine. It's not just it's described in a silly way because it is kind of silly to see that happening when like my belly wiggles when I'm doing stuff. It's kind of silly. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's not completely malicious. It's not malicious. And and in the past, Brian has had some issues with fat characters uh, to a degree. But this is one of those moments where it's like, no, this is just silly. Yeah. Uh, This is not malicious. Uh, I am constantly on high alert for that shit. Uh, Playing Baldur's Gate 3, Larian sure has a problem with fat people. (laughs) <laughs> oh none of the good guys are fat mm. absolutely fucking none of them one of the bad guys you have to beat up literally drinks himself to exploding mm. and he's fat mm. yeah it's not good it's not good I didn't like that I didn't like it at all Uh, like they didn't even make Halson like they didn't give him a belly. This man is literally he's a druid who turns into a bear. His primary animal shape is a bear. This man should have a belly, right? Yep. He should have a belly. Like he should be muscular, but he should have a belly. Okay, aren't there he people should have a muscle gut? I have heard of some of that cuz aren't there people already making mods to make him? Yes. Okay. There are mods, literally, I have one of them open, that removes the abs from characters <laughs> because it's like they don't need to look dehydrated. Yeah. I have that open. My second run through, I'm going to have that mod installed because it's honestly kind of obnoxious to see like a Starian twink supreme with abs <laughs> and Gale, who has literally just been eating himself through his depression in a tower mm-hmm. for the past like year, have abs. <laughs> apologize, right. apologize for any munchy noises. This is revenge for all the times Izzy has eaten Pop-Tarts on the podcast. I have eaten nothing on the podcast today. <laughs> Not today. I have been looking at my Werther's Caramels, but I have not eaten one yet. Because you're the one talking. I get to sit back and enjoy my snacks. So, all right. The guard is sleeping. They get the bottom hinge off. Meldrum takes care of the top hinge himself. He gets it out and launches the next part of the plan. Because what they the, the, the plan that they have come up with is once the hinges are off, they can literally shove the door forward and the weight of it should actually take the bolt out of the wall and drop it flat in the hallway. Which is a good plan. Yeah. Uh, and then they can run. Because he's not wrong. It is a good solid plan. And it is. with the next part of it. Yeah. Uh, the, the, this next part of the plan calls for them crying out an alarm to confuse the half-asleep guard. They basically call out and they're like, Oh my god, there's something in our cell. Guard, please come look. Oh god, oh god. Uh, and he goes to like bark orders at them to get them to stop and then he gets flattened by the door (laughs) squish Uh, he doesn't actually get squished but you know he gets he gets uh, he gets flattened he gets squished but not squashed yeah uh they purloin his spear and keys uh before they escape though they are stopped by the voice of gale squirrel king uh, while reaching, uh, they they find him in uh, the cell that's almost basically across from theirs. And Gale is just like, oh my god, please. And they get him out. He is emaciated. This man's is starving. 
Yeah. Uh, and they've gotten him, and then they're accosted from another cell by Glockpod, a Shrike. Mm-hmm. Now, for those of you who don't know what a Shrike is, <laughs> it is known as the Butcher Bird. It is a songbird that eats small animals. <laughs> and... on social media you can follow us on tumblr and reddit at abby archives and if you would like to help support this podcast you can find us on coffee at ko-fi.com forward slash hs enclave this podcast is part of hearthside enclave and some other shows you might like are hope's hearth a solar hope punk actual play podcast and post-apocalyptic news radio a fallout inspired audio drama